It's all relative. With Susan Bradley. A new original podcast series from News Talk. Welcome to It's All Relative. Today in studio, a very proud set of parents sit beside me here. Mum and Dad of Ireland's most cherished, successful and celebrated Paralympian. Today I'm speaking to Eddie and Laura Keane, Mum and Dad of Ellen. Ellen was born in Clontarf in Dublin in 1995 and is the youngest of four kids. She's three older siblings, sister Hazel and twin brothers Graham and Philip. When Ellen was born, it was noticed she had an underdeveloped left arm. And yet, throughout childhood, nothing fazed her. Treated exactly like her other siblings, she started swimming at the ripe old age of two and took to it like duck to water. According to her dad, when asked about his daughter, he said, Ellen's like all of my kids, never any bit of trouble. But she has that little push more. She's more determined, always focused on what's ahead, not what is now. She grew to love the water, so much so she decided to pursue swimming in a more serious way. Training schedule included being at the pool, at the pool, at 4.45am, five days a week. Plus the evenings, and on Saturday, swim training from 6am till 9am. Such a phenomenal graft and talent in the pool led her to the 2008 Paralympics in Beijing, aged just 13. And over time, this girl obviously was a force to be reckoned with because before long more medals were won with Ellen becoming a three-time Paralympian the most recent gold at the 2020 Paralympics in Tokyo. Outside the pool in the teenage years things were a little different. During that teenage angst when we all wanted to blend in she herself was very aware of herself and she's spoken about those insecurities trying to hide her arm never forgetting her sleeves and perfecting her stance so she wouldn't stand out. Between the ages of 19 and 21, her own words during a TED talk called My Lucky Finn, Ellen spoke about how her attitude towards herself started to change as soon as she literally, literally rolled up her sleeves during a culinary lesson. Instead of being different, she now loves the fact that she won't be easily forgotten. As she says... Everyone has an insecurity or a quirk, but this is what makes you who you are. Today, an accomplished Paralympian, a strong and carefree woman, the world is her oyster. But today, the story is about her parents, Eddie and Laura, and growing up within the Keane household in Clontarf. Welcome to It's All Relative, both of you. Thanks thanks very much. (laughs) It's great to have you here in studio. (laughs) Tell us, we start from the beginning. So you, you come from Clontarf. Yeah, we do. Go on the north side. Go on yeah. the north side, <laughs> Born yeah. and reared. Yeah. I'm a D3 girl myself. I'm still yeah. living in the same house. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up there? Yeah. I, yeah. Just moved bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about the family. We have four children, Hazel, Philip, Graham and Ellen. Philip and Graham are twins. And it was always a busy household. Mm. Um, not just because of the swimming. Um, like from the time... The first one was born. It was busy. And then they started coming and we started doing different sports, the kids. Mm. So that's the way it all started off. And Saturday morning was a mad. Saturday and Sunday morning was mad. Was it, yeah? Oh, mad. With the lads, like the the four of them were in Scully Connell for one stage, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, Ellen was playing as well. Yeah. Right, yeah. And um, so then Ellen dropped out of Scully Connell, but the lads stayed there until their late teens, you know. Well, they're still playing sometimes. 
Is there much age uh, difference? In, okay, in Hazel. Is, yeah, Hazel is thirty-three. Philip and Graham are twenty-nine now. Next On week. On Tuesday. And Ellen is twenty-six. Yes, yeah, baby. So it's about three years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And very dif- different personalities. Totally. Even the twins are completely different. Yeah. Even the twins are completely yeah. different. Really? Yeah. yeah. Tell us a bit. What 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 are they like, Hazel and and are, are the twins identical? Uh, no, they're very alike though. They thought initially they were identical, but and they pulled a few tricks all right <laughs> as they were grown up. But uh, I was always able to tell them apart. But they have they had they had great crack and um, like when they were uh, when they were about a few months old, they seemed to change personalities, <laughs> and then they changed again at seven. And they changed again at fourteen. But they they've seemed to plateaued out now that they're keeping to their personalities. Really? Yeah. And Hazel, Hazel as the eldest, what what kind of a personality does she have? Uh, she's a very bubbly personality. She, she's she's quiet within herself. She'd be very mm. reserved, but um, she she's um, she's not a bit sporty. She'd be more into music and okay. things like that. And she's big into tattoos. Is she? Yeah, many. Yeah. Uh, she has quite a few. Yeah, uh, cool. one one uh, the whole length of her arm, another uh, with the. Alice in Wonderland all out on her arm fabulous and another big rose and she's a few smaller ones around her body really so would you, would you get them on yourselves guys no no but I do I do like them on her but I uh, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have one no. I'm saying what are you going to be like no. when you're in your 70s yeah. <laughs> the sleeve is cool though isn't it the sleeve yeah. is cool yeah, yeah yeah that took a long time to do yeah. It was very expensive, obviously, to get it done. So she painful used to, too. Yeah, very painful. But she put up with the pain because she really lo- likes them, you know. Mm. Yeah. And wears them well. And we- and she does wear them well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, I, I love that. I love when I kind of yeah. on holidays and see somebody with really mm. slick tattoos. Yeah. It's cool. She's very much, um, loves animals. Does she? Yeah. yeah. She, she's a dog groomer, is she? She's a dog groomer, yeah. yeah. But she's passionate about animals. She, she'd get on better with animals. She prefers animals <laughs> to really to humans. Let's be honest, wouldn't she? Mm. Like a lot of us, yeah. <laughs> They don't answer back. They don't answer back. And they all seem to gel to her, you know, even difficult uh, dogs that would be acting up on other people. She seems to have whatever it is. Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, she has that. Kind yeah. Of. Do you think where, where, where you come in the family makes any sort of a difference, Eddie? Because Ellen's obviously the baby and the, the guys are in the middle. I'm, I'm a middle child, for yeah. example, a classic. Yeah. No, I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> Do you not know? No, I think they all got the same chance. They yeah. all were treated exactly the same. Like, yeah. Hazel was swimming with the the lads they and Ellen came along to yeah. swim as yeah. well. Um, Hazel was playing football first before the lads were, you know. She did. Yeah. Was um, it judo or karate? Or? Yeah, yeah, she, she did, did that. Judo as well. And then the lads did the judo. Yeah. Um, but no, no, they you all don't. did exactly the same. Your your family sounds very like ours in the fact that you were sports mad. Yeah. Well, it comes well, from Doris. So it comes from me. Really, does it? Yeah. Because me growing up, no. I wasn't a sporty person. I was a dancer. Were you? What kind of dancing did you <laughs> Ballroom do? Ballroom dancing did in the you? mansion house. I used to love it. That's amazing. Do you yeah. still do it now? No, no, no. Dude. My knees are a bit wobbly now at this stage. <laughs> Old but age. No, no. Them. When I was a teenager, I'd, I'd go to uh, ballroom dancing rather than football. <clears throat> really? Yeah. And my mother had loads of kids and I'm the only one who did the dancing. I wasn't into sport. And here it turns out that I'm the only one in my family where a child has a gold medal. <laughs> You know, from the did you meet in the dance hall or something? No, no. no. In the sheds. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. did. He was a barman in the sheds. <laughs> yeah. And I worked in the hairdressers above it. <laughs> yeah. Really? 
brilliant. Yeah. T- tell <clears> us about <throat> the sport in your family. Well, my dad was a great swimmer. Like he was a member of North Dublin Swimming Club and he did all the Liffey swims and all those kind of things. So wow. that's where the swimming comes from. Mm. Uh, myself, uh, I can't. I have to be able to put my feet under me. I don't like being out of my depth okay. because um, but you have I to didn't. Say your dad. My dad was teaching me to to swim, and unfortunately, then he died when I was eight. Oh gosh! So I never went back to swim until I was in my early twenties, and uh, only because to go on the holidays with the girls that I'd be able to get into the pool or the yeah. sea, you know. So that's when I learned. But I'm not as confident. So that's where Ellen gets the. Um, I just showed the gene came along without yeah. even. Ellen meeting her grandfather. Yeah. So it was there in the yeah. blood stream or yeah. something like that, it, you know? It's, it's like our family, yeah. like our dad played for Ireland. Yeah. But it obviously wasn't a professional sport back yeah. then. Yeah. Like yeah. he toured in Argentina in 1970 yeah. with rugby. And yeah. lo and behold, it was yeah. passed Long down, you know? Brian, yeah. It is. It's, it's, it is. It's fascinating. Yeah. Did, like, did you not go back? Were you so traumatized by the death of your dad that you just didn't swim? Was it just, no, it, it just never. Never happened. Like my, I had, I have two brothers, and they, they both knew how to swim, um, because they had been of, they were older than me. They'd mm. been taught. It was just that it never came around to it again, and I never. It was always something that was put on the long finger. Sure. My mother wasn't a great swimmer either, so she probably didn't swimming lessons weren't really the the thing to go and get lessons at the time. So it was only when I got into my twenties I actually went with an aunt of mine. And I don't know what age she is. We we went out in Newtown Park in Black Rock. That's where I learned to swim with her. And I can always remember one one night we were in swimming and she was doing the, the breaststroke kick and she kicked the woman beside her and she broke her toe. <laughs> Strong lady. <laughs> yeah, if you saw her, she wasn't, she, you'd blow her away. She was a very petite little lady, but we were laughing at that. But that's where I learned to swim. Okay. Uh, but the swimming is very much my dad's side. My yeah. uncle was a great swimmer as well. He did all the same swimmings and they played water polo and all that. And, and when you, with, with your own three children, when the swimming started, like all the other sports, did Ellen stand out at having a skill a particular talent or was it just the fact that she loved it amongst the other three? Well, the, well, the joke of the swimming was when they all came along, uh, they were brought to the beach for the first time. We were down in Spanish Point with Hazel. She was put on the sand and she screamed and she was lifted off. <laughs> we were in court town with the boys and they were put down and they screamed. We were in court town again when Ellen and she was put on and she ran straight into the sea. Did she? R- straight in. She was about two and a half, she was drawn yeah, yeah. yeah, she just ran straight in. We had to, a friend yeah. of ours had to run right after. Yeah. Maureen, an old friend of ours, had to get in and save her from. Yeah. But she did. She had no fear of it. And then we, they all did their swimming lessons up in the CRC. Yeah, like and myself. of course, yeah, yeah, and of course there was great with Shay and Peter and all the great uh, coaches up there. And um, Ellen, of course, was she was only two at the time. And Peter said to me one day, "Why isn't she in the pool?" And I said, "You won't take her till she's five. Who said I won't take her till she's five? And he actually got in the pool with her. Ah, and after a short while then, we didn't know anything about Paralympic swimming at that stage. And he said, when she's older, you should consider Paralympic swimming for her. And that's where the, the seed was planted. Really? Yeah. OK. Because C- if I can go back, when Ellen was born, you weren't aware that no. within no, the womb no. that there was something yeah. No, we didn't amiss. know anything at all. When Ellen was born, uh, the midwife, she comes out. And um, I said, what happened to her arm? Where's her arm? And the midwife said to me, oh, don't worry, the doctor's going to come in and sort that out. So my real imagination was the doctor was coming in with a tin blade to cut her arm and her hand will pop out. That's really right. what I understood what was going to happen. 
and that's not what happened. <laughs> so yeah, we were shocked. We couldn't understand it. Yeah. When the doc did come in, did he give you a very honest? No, uh, not really. No, no we weren't no. left with any answers at all. No. These so, just these things happen. Like I mean, I'd had a few scans and all uh, in the later stages of, of the pregnancy, and nothing showed up. So you weren't prepared at all. So it was a, it was um, a bit of a shock. Mm. But God, what a blessing she was. <laughs> there was nobody out there that could talk to us, or yeah. nobody spoke to us. No, nobody, nobody talked. Spoke to us. Very much nineteen ninety five, like it really was. And we only it. got more information about it when we joined um, a charity called Reach, there for upper limb deficiency. Okay. And that's when we started meeting more people. And then when Ellen started the swimming, of course, we were coming across it more often and all kinds of disabilities. So. You know, that's where we really got to. And that's why Ellen, in her teenage years, was so insecure about her arm because there was nobody out there for her. Sure, yeah. You know, yeah. and it was I, only later on as she tells her story that now she's so proud of her arm and she's given great courage to uh, anybody with any kind of disability yeah. or any kind of a hang-up that you have. Absolutely. When I read, when I listened to her TED talk... Oh, it, it's it, fabulous. It, it's yeah. amazing. And we'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. I just want to go back to the swimming a little bit. When did... Ellen decide to pursue it a little bit more seriously. Okay, we got a phone call, didn't we, from this lady called um, no, Geraldine Conway. Was it a letter that? Oh, we in? got a letter, maybe yeah. True Reach. True Reach, yeah. Yeah, that's it. The letter came True Reach to say uh, um, the manager woman, of the Paralympic swimming. The manager, the Irish Paralympic swimming junior team. Uh, her name was Geraldine Conway, and um, you know she'd like to contact you about. So we rang Geraldine, and she lived in Northern Ireland, and. Uh, her daughter had exactly the same arm as Ellen, you wow, know. Yeah. So her daughter was in the Paralympics in what year? When was Ellen in Beijing? 2004. So it's 2004 in yeah. Athens, right? No, yeah, yeah, 2004, yeah. So her daughter was there. So she would be probably about 10 years older than Ellen. So anyway, we went up. She invited us up to a competition up in Lisbon. That was Ellen's first competition. How old was Ellen at that stage? She, she was about seven. seven. Wow, yeah. okay, early, yeah. yeah. And she loved it and she loved the competition. Yeah. And she, the competitive you know, came out, she said, this really? is yeah. fun, So really we used fun. to go up there for training um, once a month. Trainings she did um, initially in Westwood and then she progressed to different clubs after that. But that's where she initially started. Uh, but the the uh, there was um, a junior in Westwood every every month every was it every month there was a competition right. for yeah, the junior um, uh, Paralympians or in Paris sport and, and all kinds of things like that so that's where she used to go once a month for that and that's where she was really noticed but she found herself when they did the swimming lessons um, and they were finished they went on to the four the three of them I don't think Hazel did it sure she didn't life saving Okay. And then the boys decided they'd had enough of that. And it's because the boys decided they had enough of it, Ellen gave it up as well. And I said to her one day, I said, it's an awful pity that you're going to give up the swimming when you love it so much. Would you not do lane swimming? Yeah. So then we got her to go to lane swimming with Mary Gurn, uh, who was a fabulous coach. But unfortunately, we lost uh, Mary there last year okay. uh, through the COVID. But it wasn't the COVID, but mm. she was a fabulous. Anybody... Anything to do with swimming with no Mary Gurn. Okay. She was a huge personality and she had great belief in Ellen and Ellen loved her. And she was a breaststroke was what she really got Ellen involved in big time. But Ellen got to, she went to the, the lane swimming and she was kind of hemming and hawing. But when she went to her first competition, she says, I like this. Mm. And that's where she kept it up. Yeah. And then she joined Westwood Club, you know, with the able yeah. bodies. She was always in with the able bodies. And then that's when the, 
early morning swimming started. 4.45. Mm. She, had she had to be poolside. She had to be poolside. We were up yeah. at 10 past four. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or there was four no, days. Five days, wasn't it? Was it five? Saturday. Five days, yeah. yeah. So who, who, who brought later. her down? Initially, initially, initially it was you. Yeah. yeah, it was initially Don't with him. <laughs> but then uh, Eddie's like, hold on. <laughs> I'm not getting. I'm not being left out. I I did my fair share. Laura did her time. I did my down Westwood, and then she, uh, when we came back from. Um, Beijing was it Beijing or London? She yeah, no, it was Beijing. She joined Alsa out at the yeah. airport. So we did that between us as well. In the later stages, I did it more because your job had changed mm. to different hours or something. But um, and then Ellen decided that she was learning how to drive, and of course, I used to let her drive out, and then I drive back because the swimming was from five to seven and I'd go back and collect her and then she'd drive home then we'd drive her down to school. So you would drop her, go home, get back into bed? No, if I got back into bed, it'd take me so long to go to sleep it'd be time to get back up again. So this I used to... This is how the other kids come into the picture. Yeah, this is how... And they <laughs> loved well when Ellen had her early morning uh, swimming because... Especially I, when Laura went. Uh, yeah. When I'd go, I'd go home and I'd put chicken fillets in the oven. Yeah. And I'd do some ironing. And then I'd make up chicken fillet rolls and all kinds of goodies for their school lunches. So the kids that loved it. amazing. Yeah. And then I'd go and back. Yeah, and jellies. Jellies. I used to use to make the jelly and put them in the cup to bring them to school. They loved all that kind and of thing. Because you had the, t- used to I had the time, you know, and I got all my ironing done, which was great. Because later on, then I had the kids coming in that I was minding. So it gave me more time with them. Of you course. Know? Eddie, did you do the ironing as well? No, no. When I went, when I <laughs> dropped Ellen off... Uh, he went back to bed. No, did I didn't. You? I went to the gym. Well, you used to yeah. go back to bed any time you came home. Oh, if I came home, yeah. But no, I'd go into the gym for an hour and then at six o'clock I'd have my shower and then come out and I'd sit by the pool and then I'd fall asleep. Did and you? then Ellen would call me at <laughs> ten past seven. Come on, time to go. <laughs> so back home, breakfast, off to school. Did Ellen and Hazel go to Holy Faith? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and the boys... They Saint went to Belgrove initially and then Vincent's and Sutton. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh my God. Like, and that was just was five busy. days a week. And yeah. then did did she train in the evening as well? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. mornings and yeah. evenings yeah. and Saturday. Saturday morning, yeah. seven for, o'clock. Like seven to nine on Saturday. Unbelievable focus. You've spoken before about Ellen's focus, Eddie. Yeah. 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 Did it stand out? Obviously, she well, had something within her. When she was about maybe 14, or we were going to, I remember going to um, Alsa one day. We left our house, turned left. I had a little wife, a little van from work and it was snowing and the ice was on the ground and we turned left and then we turned left again at St. Gabriel's Road and the little van went into a spin on the middle of the road and this is at quarter past four in the morning and we looked at each other and she just turned around and said, well, if it happens again, we'll go home. <laughs> <laughs> so we just Nothing kept going, you know. Her, yeah. If yeah, I was yeah. driving, we were gone home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To make the chicken villa rolls now yeah. to get straight back into bed. <laughs> Probably to get back into bed at that stage. Wow, yeah, yeah, she just has this drive. Certainly in this series, I've noticed with with siblings, with daughters, with sons, with a family member who've got, who's gone on to ace their field, there's something within them yeah. that... There has to be. <clears throat> yeah, there right? definitely has to be. Um, because it's it's such a... Huge commitment, huge. sacrifices, huge. huge sacrifices that she made, and like, the fact that it's a solo thing too. Yeah, it's, it's not a team sport. Yeah. Yeah. That even I take my hat off even more. Just the fact that she's, 
they swimmers are so so determined and yeah. focused mm-hmm. we'll fast forward a little bit to the teenage years because certainly in the in the research I was doing before you guys came in listened to her TED talk which, which I thought was amazing we'll talk about that in a sec there seemed to be two Ellens kind of the Ellen in the pool and then the Ellen out of the yeah. pool and Laura you kind of briefly mention that there. look we all had the teenage angst yeah. going on mm-hmm. every single one of us didn't escape it but with herself, there seemed she seemed to be particularly conscious yeah. of yeah. of the arm. It's, it's because there was nobody like her. Like we knew she was very conscious, and we knew she was going through the teenage years, which ever as you say, everybody has yeah. their their own issues with that. But hers were um, hers were even worse because there was nobody like her, and we were aware that she was covering her arm up, like from the time she was born. We always had her on show, the arm mm. on show, and we got her the prosthetic arms, so that she couldn't turn around and say to us, "Why didn't you do it?" Yeah, can I just we, stop you there? In the beginning, we were encouraged, remember, to get her a prosthetic arm, yeah. really, because we didn't know anything about this. So we were encouraged. Who who did? Was it the CRC? That lady up there when she was about six months old. Remember that? The well, occupational yeah. therapist. So the 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 plan or, uh, behind this was. Uh, for her to accept it if she wanted it as or a, for her to leave very it there young if age. she wanted it. Yeah. So we always had it. Now, in the beginning, they were very expensive and I couldn't afford it. So we applied for a medical card for her and we were refused it and we had to go to the newspapers and everything to get a medical card. So eventually, after a lot of trouble, we got a medical card for her. Hmm. But then the problem was every year we had to reapply for the medical card. Oh. So at some stages, I used to go into the HSE, the the place where medical cards are and I'd nearly have to shout and say what do you think her arm has grown since last year mm. you know and this was the only way of keeping the medical card going and it was only for her it wasn't for the rest of the family of course so and the thing behind it was for her to have the choice whether she wanted to use it or not mm. so that's what it was all about you know okay. and did she use it she did uh, yeah, in the beginning yeah in the, in the beginning yeah. she did but we we heard then in later stages we heard that when she was down in Belgrove even in their in our junior year at lunchtime she used to take the arm off and chase them all around the, the, the playground with, with her arm with us yeah. <laughs> and tell them the story about in the supermarket oh yeah she was only she was only I'd say she was only about two and she had the, the prosthetic uh it's like just a cosmetic arm. It's not mm. not functional at all. And I had her up at the trolley on the seat yeah. in the trolley going around. Grand. And all of a sudden, I I realised that her arm was missing. So I had to go back around the route. And you know the open <laughs> fridges. Yes. She'd taken it off and thrown it in there. <laughs> and I'm sure anybody coming along afterwards and they're gonna get this arm coming out. Of the <laughs> You do have to laugh, don't yeah. you? No, you oh, do yeah. have to laugh, yeah. yeah. We've had funny times, like in work one day, I was rushing, the, one of the arms she had was a met, uh, an electronic arm and it wasn't working right, so I had it in the car to bring it to Kappa to get fixed. So I had to say to one of the lads, I have to go to Kappa, my daughter's arm is broken. <laughs> and he said, God, that's terrible, have you to go home and get her? I said, no, no, I have the arm in the car. <laughs> and I, what do you mean? <laughs> so I shot him the arm. <laughs> you know? Oh, I, you know, yeah, you do laugh in her TED talk, she's so funny when she says she gets half price for the nails. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I was cracking up. So going back to, to to herself, like when, as I said, we all had the insecurities and she was super conscious. When did she, did you notice her to start becoming less so, becoming more confident? Confident, yeah. That would have been when she started college. Yeah. Okay. 
She was uh, in England for it, two years. Yeah, she, she got a sports scholarship at Kelly College uh, in England. When she was 15. When she, yeah, after she did junior certs because there was a coach over there who was very good with Paralympic swimmers because GB have an awful lot of uh, swimmers, whereas Ireland hasn't got that many, you know. Okay. So she went over there. Initially, it was supposed to be for a year. This was before 2012 games. Um, but they asked, could she stay for the second year that would bring her up? So that's where she went there. But when she came back from there, then like she did A levels and all over did there. Did she? Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's very young, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, How did she find being over in the UK? She 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 liked it. She liked it very much. I was heartbroken. It made her very independent, yeah. didn't it? It made her yeah. very Mister. independent. Mm-hmm. Mister terribly. I, we didn't want to to let her go, but we didn't want to stand in her way. We didn't want her at any stage to her life to turn around and say, "Well, I could have done this if you'd have let me," you know, no matter what it was. So so um, we'd fly over every month. Yeah. For a day, we'd fly over early Saturday yeah. morning and come back Saturday night mm. just to drive down to see her. But you know? um, we were put in contact with a couple over uh, in Devon, uh, Anna Declan Kyo, through friends of ours, um, Fiona Bastable. She was she used to live over there, and um, they were, they she was very good friends. And she told them about Ellen going over, and they stayed near Tavistock, where Kelly College was. So they used to uh, uh, Declan and I, they used to collect her from the airport in Bristol and drive her to Kelly College and mm. then they'd drive her back when she'd be flying home for the weekend so, th- so lovely w- oh, it, it gave us great comfort mm. you know that she was with people that were looking after looking after was a problem they were the best in the world we would have been totally lost we mm. would have been going over more often sure. ourselves you know yeah. uh, because she was so young she couldn't fly uh, initially she couldn't fly on her own okay, you know yeah. so um, but we'd bring the other kids over as well uh, just to the, just the so odd time we didn't bring them every time we couldn't, we couldn't yeah. bring them every yeah. time <laughs> so when she came back from the UK you noticed that she'd really kind of grown in confidence um, did you think that really she, was, she wasn't even at that stage no she no. was still a bit in, she was a bit more confident because there was a girl over there Lauren Stedman who um, who was a, she's the same disability as Ellen uh, she was a swimmer but she was more freer with her arm and she kind of got confidence of her she didn't care about she you know that's the way she was okay so over there maybe in kelly she was more confident but when she came home then she decided that um she wanted to do her leaving certs but she didn't go back to the holy faith she didn't want to go back because her year had moved on yes and she'd be going into a whole new group so that's the only reason that she didn't go back there so she went into the institute and even in the institute she kept her arm covered Right. She was still very insecure. So it was only actually when she started her culinary entrepreneurship that this was her chance to go in with a whole new lot of people. And she decided just to roll up her sleeves. And that's what she did. And then that's when we could see. And it was only through interviews like TED Talks and all that, that we knew she had issues with her arm, Mm. confidence issues with her arm, because she used to be on warm days, she'd be wearing, you know, hoodies and all that. Yeah. But we didn't know how bad it was till we actually heard her talking about it. Really, yeah. She kind of kept it to herself. Oh, we Very did, much we so. didn't know who to talk to either for advice. No, or, there was nobody. Really, yeah. You no, know, yeah. we didn't know. So we just got on with it and that's how she became so independent. Did you find your 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 other kids, were they protective of Ellen in any way or did they very there much? Would be, yeah. um, there would be to a certain extent, but the kind of, the way it was in our house, you got in and you did whatever you had to do. You know, she was treated no differently. Yeah. The only the only way that she was treated differently that affected the other kids was that when she had to be up early in the morning, especially on a Saturday morning, it meant that the kids couldn't have friends over late because she'd be going off to bed early and she had to be up 
you know. Yes. So they couldn't be making noise. Yeah, so noise it, it was very restricted the, when they could have pals staying over. They did have them, obviously. Of course, yeah. But there but was a curfew. There was an early a, curfew. Yeah, and, and there, they did have sleepovers as well, but it had to be kind of if Ellen was, was missing or something like that. Yeah. You know. Going back to the swimming, guys, talk to us about some of the, the highs and the lows about, like, did you travel with her with the European mm. Championships and obviously well, Beijing? Well, with Ellen, she started travelling when she was about eight, wasn't she? Eight Going or nine, to UK yeah. schools, games. Yeah. and It was you that went with her yeah. I had the other so three. Yeah. I always travelled. Um, now, I wouldn't be travelling with Ellen or with the group. I'd have my separate ticket. I'd be sitting down the back of the plane. Um, I'd have my separate hotel. I wouldn't be in the same hotel. Wow. Because they didn't like parents getting involved. And I can understand that. Um, so no matter where she went in the world, like the first time was in Glasgow. Um, that was the school yeah, games. That was the UK schools games. And that was for four, that was five years before 2012. And that was leading up to London 2012. And then after that, it was South Africa. But there I did stay with her in the room. I insisted on I stayed in the room because I didn't know where we were going and we're in Johannesburg and so we're there it's only for, tricky can't it yeah, yeah. yeah there's only three swimmers went yeah really? as well yeah, yeah three swimmers so how I was that rooming with her and just having that father daughter bond and oh, it was grand because like you know she'd get up and look after herself she'd pack her own bag and that's the way it was from day one yeah you know she'd she would have been about thing. 12 then because she was in sixth class wasn't she in Belgrave yeah yeah, yeah. again so young yeah. isn't it yeah. to be having these worldly experiences she was about 11 because when she was 12 she was in Washington in Maryland and that's where she yeah. qualified that's where she swam in a competition and her coach Geraldine Conway came back to me and she says you know she just did a time and she's qualified her time, time for, for qualified Beijing. for Beijing wow you know and she was only 12 years of age at the time so did you kind of always have Beijing in the, in the back of your head saying this is an absolute possibility <sighs> not no really. we were thinking London yeah maybe. that's what we were thinking you know okay. we were thinking yeah. so that was five years down the road six years down the road we were thinking London but um, no so it turned out that when she was 13 she went to Beijing and myself and Laura went but she nearly didn't get the there as well went. did she why because um, oh, yeah. the, the games were in August and in May she got a burst appendix. Oh, gosh. And then the poison went right through her. She was very, very sick and she was out of the pool. She wasn't allowed to swim or anything for about six weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. Thereabouts. Wow. So we thought that she wouldn't go. So she we got an exercise bike for her and she did it. That's the only thing she was able to, you know, psych, do a bit of exercise and that kind of thing. But um, again, the drive and determination yeah. Yeah. got yeah. her there. Yeah. Yeah. What she, was it like being out there? Oh, it was great. Oh, it was fabulous. We had the Fantastic. time of but our lives. But she came fifth in the final against all these big sixth, women. Yeah. Was it sixth? sixth? All these big people, you know? <laughs> yeah, there was one girl uh, from South Africa, uh, Natalie de Troyes. She was a, an a, I think she was an able-bodied swimmer uh, she before she had an accident. She was missing her leg below, above or below the knee. Mm. But she was a huge, big she was really big, strong. Uh, like even everybody else would be on the blocks and you'd look at her and you'd Sweet God, yeah. <laughs> what hope has she, she got? Won. She always won. Oh, she, she won. Every, yeah, she was yeah. a fabulous swimmer, you know, not not taking anything away from her at all. She was fabulous. And Ellen actually met her in uh, Tokyo this year and yeah. they had a few words together. Wow. And, and Ellen like, said, Ellen do you know who I am? And she says, of course, of course I, know I know. I've been following yeah. you since oh, Beijing. Wow. Yeah. 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 Did you have rapport with the other um, athletes, parents? Oh, or yeah. Families, because yeah. I can totally They're identify like with family. that. Yeah. yeah, isn't it interesting? Yeah. We have family all around the world, yeah. haven't we? We have. We, have, and we, we still keep in we contact. We have made fantastic yeah. friends. 
you know, even though they would be like competition. Yeah. You know, when the competition, it's not, we find to a certain degree, Paralympic swimming isn't like, say, able-bodied swimming between the parents. It isn't as competitive, you know, that you wouldn't mix, you know, kind of things like that. We, we, we've had such great times. After, after the, um, the swimming competition would be over each day, we'd all meet up and go out for a meal and drinks Lovely. and all that kind of yeah. thing. And even within all the different changes through the Irish swimmers over the years, like when Ellen started, when Ellen was in Beijing, Dave Malone was on the team. Right. That was his last games. Okay, yeah. You know, so, and now he's our coach and she idolises him, you know, and he's fantastic, absolutely brilliant. But, and he always believed in Ellen, you know, so they have a fantastic relationship. Yeah. The two of them have a fantastic relationship. And his parents and his sister and all uh, went to Beijing and that's where we got to know them and they're the most fabulous yeah. people they really are but, but we met fabulous people all over the but from different countries and we've we've, we've been all over the place because of her yeah well, you know? listen same mm. same and both your faces lit up when I asked you about the families that's exactly it it's all about mm. the connections yeah. with people having yeah. the, the relationships yeah. the crack and it's a comfort too isn't it oh, oh, it knowing is. yeah. that you have yeah. those familiar yeah. faces it is. in yeah. foreign yeah. land you look for every you time do. we go you look for them you do Yeah. and even you this do. year uh, for Tokyo uh, we were online talking to the other families around the world and saying, do you feel weird and strange yeah. that you're not going? And yeah. they said, yeah, we feel the same as you. Yeah. You couldn't go because of COVID, we right? We couldn't go COVID, because of yeah, COVID. Yeah. But we, felt, we found that very hard um, coming up to us because, as you say, meeting all the other families when we go to competitions there, they That's knew perfect, how you were yeah. feeling. Of course, because they were going. Yeah. You know the lead up to yeah. it. Yeah. To a, a, How a nervous you are! Of but course. we had nobody to, to to relate that with here, apart from Nicole's um, mum and dad. Uh, they understood. We'd be on the phone to them every yeah. day. Did you find it very lonely almost? Yes. Yes. We did. Yeah. We didn't know how we how we were feeling, how to react. You know, yeah. and we knew that um, there was. Uh, uh, Ellen had said to us. Um, a few months before, uh, at the the Europeans actually come back to the Europeans in Dublin, which were fantastic. Uh, Pundit Arena interviewed us, and they they did a thing. They wanted to come and be there the day of Ellen's race for Tokyo. Um, that was months ago. So we said, Ah, yeah, a bit of crack, you know, it'd be a bit of light entertainment. Since we can't go, uh, so we agreed to because we'd met them. And we we knew all. So we, but then a few days before that, um, RTE got in contact didn't they and they wanted to know was there anybody coming so we told them about Pundit and, but they arranged then the day before that they were coming of course the day before and we didn't we didn't <laughs> know yeah, we didn't know yeah. till about two days before Ellen's race who she, the, the 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 race members weren't released till two days before so we right. didn't know who she was going to be up against mm. And then when we saw the little, oh my God, we got the shock of our life. They had Sophie, who is the queen in New Zealand. And she had been in the higher classification and came down. And going in, she had a much better time than Ellen. And Ellen hadn't PB'd for nearly eight years, you right. know. And then there was Kath from Canada who had won in... in um, Brazil. In Rio, yeah. And then there was a whole new crowd that we knew nothing about that were in it. So we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And we were sick. And we're saying, oh, my God, we have Pundit and then we've RTE. They're going to be there. Safe things go belly up. Oh, you know, and the camera's on you yeah. for your reaction. No, but when the swim started, we didn't even realise cameras were there. No, they, they, we were just, they, so we, just we, we, had, we had it set up. The patio doors were there yeah. and the cameras. And they were that Tell us about the race. The race, right. Well, we were obviously up for the um, 
the heat at three o'clock in the morning and a very good friend of ours, Monica Walsh, who idolises Ellen and she's a great friend. She even came down at three o'clock in the morning. Did she? Yeah, to watch the race and we were screaming and shouting downstairs at <laughs> the race at three o'clock in the morning. I was over, we were over the moon that she did a PB. And that's what you because know, she kept saying, I don't care if I don't pedal. I just want to get a PB mm. to prove for the, all the work that I've done. So we were over the moon. And then, you know, and that kind of calmed down. We're thinking we know what everybody does. Everybody holds back in the heat. And all we were afraid is had Ellen given too much, too much mm. to get that PB. So we were very nervous when it came to the race. So we were all anyway sitting down watching the television and we have to sit beside each other so there was a friend of ours uh, Sheena who was sitting in between so we told Sheena you have to move because we have is to be beside a, Do you have to do that? Too? Oh yeah, yeah. There's, like a, there's a complete ritual Poor Sheena's a 92 da, da, she didn't know what was going on da, Down to <laughs> the suit the way the, yeah. the pins on, on the lapel everything has to be exactly the same like I wear these uh, kind of flip-flop things with flowers on them white and I said I really should get a green pair and they're get, at this stage they're nearly falling apart I said no I can't get rid of them No and funny, I, he used to wear a cap, a green cap with his suit, but I never wore a hat. But I got one of these shiny hats for um, the Europeans in Dublin and she won gold in Dublin. Wow, yeah. Right? And um, I hadn't worn it to, um, I didn't wear it to other competitions because I only got it for, for Dublin. So I decided I'd wear it for this. The race starts. We see her coming out in the, the black robe with the gold things. I said, oh my God, this one looks like business. <laughs> you know, she's totally focused, but she does get totally focused when it comes to it. But beforehand, she can be very, very nervous. Yeah. And we know all this. Of course. Would, you know, would she just manage that herself or would she be on the phone? Or No, she'd manage that herself. Right. She wouldn't come talk to anybody. And even Dave and Haley, we'd, we'd meet them before races and we'd say, how is she? Don't ask. I said, yeah, we know. We okay. know. We yeah. know. And we know. And that and that. Up to Tokyo, that has been her downfall. She could have, you know, she could have meddled probably before that, but it, it got in on her. And Dave kept saying, you know, she, she, we know she can do it. But this time around, I don't know what it was. There was just this inner strength and, and she just blew us away. Amazing. Really blew us away. We, could, we couldn't believe, we've never seen her swimming like that. When she was coming down the final, like... The last 25, meters. I knew she had it. Really? Yeah, I knew she had it. We were halfway off our seats and then we were back and then I was, we were halfway I stand off our up. seats. We saw you, didn't yeah. we? Because yeah. it was, all, it was <laughs> yeah. on the, the news. I, I'm, I, we, we normally are both standing up, but he was sitting down, and, but I was still standing up and I didn't care who, anybody behind me if they didn't see this. I'm doing what I always do and I'm screaming and shouting. We knew she, even at the pool, you know, she can't hear you. But it's for you, you do it. Of course. And yeah. like, need I ask, but like, what was going through your mind? Like? I couldn't believe it. We, we were we were in disbelief mm. that this was actually happening because normally um, if there's a swimmer ahead of Ellen that's winning like first or second, she's you can uh, before this you, you say she's too far away she's not going to catch them but she was with Sophie the whole time and when she got the final kick uh, the kick at the fifty she she came out slightly even ahead of her. Yeah. And then Sophie kind of pulled back, but she kept with her. And once she started going ahead of her and Sophie would be kind of edging back, she never actually caught her once it got to the 25. And you knew she had it then. Really? Yeah. Eddie, you were just... Oh, I'm just gobsmacked us. 
I in the suit, yeah. in the green suit. In the green suit. And what the poor 92-year-old went flying across the couch <laughs> when we jumped up. <laughs> oh, we seen this on video afterwards. Yeah, we didn't oh, know it at the time. Sheena. Like, it was so yeah. funny. We only had a few family uh, in because of COVID. We couldn't and we had everybody as safe as possible. Like beforehand, they were outside and afterwards they were outside. And that's the way it was. But when everybody was coming in, everybody was elbowing like, but when she won... Uh, oh that what, what time was the final? Then. What time was it? It was about quarter to, 12 quarter to twelve in the morning. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because around Clontarf there was just oh, signage mad. everywhere, yeah. wishing her the best of luck. Yeah. There was bunting. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, yeah. down your road. Yeah, Dublin, Dublin City Council were, were fabulous. They they came up with all that. We went to Kelly Harrington's uh homecoming Did around you, the yeah. area and we yeah. were standing outside the, this lovely um, families on, on Ballybock there and they had, had all the bunting and all up and we were saying Japers there'll be no bunting left for the, for us we know there'll be no bunting <laughs> and we were talking to them and said, no, nothing like this will happen in an area we'll, we'll put up something ourselves and they had this massive and I say massive it was from the top of the house down to the bottom of the house of the tricolour and we said, you'll have to lend us that. And we said, oh, yeah, 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 we'll lend you that. <laughs> Forgot all about it. After she won the race, he gets a phone call from uh, Paralympics Ireland. Ireland. This man rang Paralympics Ireland and said his wife met Ellen's mum. He was trying to contact us. To, to, to about, about yeah. something about a flag. And we, we didn't know what, what he was talking about. What was he talking mm. about? And then the penny dropped. Until the next day. We, he uh, dropped the flag messages. in. Yeah. And we put it up. So there was a lovely connection. That flag was up for Kelly and it was up for Ellen. And yeah. it covered Fabulous. the whole front of our house as yeah. well. Amazing. You know, Amazing. So, but Amazing. wasn't it a lovely people. thing for them yeah. to do? Well, Such you know, lovely people. It, it, it was. And... God, talk about Clontarf claiming. Oh, oh absolutely. When I talked she won to us. Well. Talk, yeah, yeah, I mean, when we, she we, won. we go on to the, to the, when she came home, but. But even when she won that day, uh, somebody came in and says, you have to go out the front. Yeah. And all the neighbours were around the front garden. All the neighbours. Yeah. They wouldn't come into the house because Just of COVID. Just cheering yeah. and, oh, yeah. clapping, clapping and as we came yeah. out, they were clapping. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And then every few minutes, we, we didn't know whether we were coming or going. It was like it was like something you'd see in a movie. Mm. It, re, it, it just felt all so surreal. And one thing else. was happening after another. Then you'd be told, yeah, uh, so-and-so wants to talk to you, you have to, go, you have to get back to RT for an interview. And that's the way it was going. And somebody else wants to talk to you. And when the, it wasn't some other uh, crew, TV crew, wanted to do an interview or radio, the, the papers were coming up. Yeah. You needed need a publicist, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> At the time. We had Sinead there who yeah. looking after us. Uh, Ellen's uh, agent. Ellen's agent. Ah, very great. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. What did Ellen say to you when you finally got to talk we, after? We, we got a very bad connection. Uh, she was just nearly laughing on the phone because it kept breaking down and we were just screaming and shouting at her how proud we were of her. And the whole place we were saying has gone ballistic here, yeah. absolutely, and that was that was within the hour after she won it. Wow. You know, and yeah. we, I, don't I, know, I think I, it was hard for her to believe that because she yeah. wasn't seeing it. Yeah, she, until when she came home, yeah. when she came home, and because she, she actually made us promise before she went away that she didn't want any kind of a homecoming when she came back because there was a homecoming. Um, uh, the the residents and the shopkeepers and all had a homecoming for her up in the rugby club after Rio. She, she said, I don't want anything. Why do you think that was? Just low she was, key? She said, she's, I'm going to be very tired. She was exhausted. Yeah. Now, she loved every bit of what, what what happened after Rio. She loved it, but she was said, I was so tired. But I think she said this to us going out, but maybe there was a bit of doubt yes, there as well. Yes, of course. Yeah. Mm. Even though she was believing so much in herself. But... Um, 
we were saying to Sinead, oh, you know, this place is gone ballistic. She took, there's going to be, everybody, something has to be done. Yeah, oh, yeah. And everybody was looking for a good news everyone. story yeah, yeah, because yeah. everything had been depleted yeah, absolutely. The, the previous 18 months. So we had to get Sinead, she said, I'll talk to her, I'm talking to her tomorrow and I'll tell her. Because I said, she has no idea. Yeah. This place has gone ballistic. Yeah. So she agreed to it. So you went out to the airport, obviously, obviously. to bring. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. how was that scene or with the, the gold? That was strange with all the masks yeah, on and everything It wasn't like the that, same. You know? yeah. it, it couldn't Even be the same. You know, it was fabulous yeah. to meet her and throw your arms around her and all that. But it was very, it was very cold compared to even Rio because yeah. everybody was coming through. Rio and London and, and, and Beijing and, and every that's the way it was but the whole team came through together yeah. you know whereas they all came in drips and drabs uh, but it was special obviously it was very special mm. and it was, it was the best cruising. that could happen at the yeah, time exactly yeah. the yeah. was, every, everybody know. did the best yeah. they could and then for those who don't know there was I'd say very few don't know but there was this Unreal homecoming oh, for unreal Ellen and welcome in Clontarf. Yeah. I brought my own three kids out. We made banners and tell us what what was it like? Were you um, in a car behind her? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were in the car. So Ellen, I, I Ellen's... was just crying all the time. <laughs> were you? I was just waving and crying. Yeah, oh, that's all. I couldn't believe we, what we was were happened. when we, we were knew. So scared we were just afraid that people there wouldn't be money and she'd be going around and it'd be yeah. We just the minute we came out our gate. All the kids on the road, and there was photographers there, and we were being interviewed by different people and all that. But when we started going around, we just could not believe it. Element say was gobsmacked too. Oh, was she? blown she away! Was. Absolutely blown away! Now, you know? And in the car with her uh, was Gavin, Gavin, her boyfriend, and Denny, of course, the dog, and Hazel. Right. And Hazel was in charge of looking after the dog. Sure. But when we went around the whole area, but as we were coming back down Gabriel's Road to turn, turn back onto our road. We couldn't, we couldn't Get move. Really? There was hundreds at the end of the road. Hundreds. Mm -hmm. Kids, adults. There was grown men crying. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It, it, was, it was a very emotional time, even like yeah. for the likes of me and yeah. a, a mum who, like, my three children knew exactly who Ellen was yeah. and what she had achieved and the fact that her, her, you know, she had an underdeveloped arm and yeah. it just represented so much. If you focus on something, if you decide what you want to yeah. do, anything yeah. is achievable. Yeah. Well, that, that's the message she tries to get out there now, no matter what. You know, and I just felt so fantastically thrilled for her yeah. that she saw the response from the community mm. and beyond oh, and yeah. how proud yeah. everybody was. Mm. When she came back into the house, did she close the door and kind of no, sit down and she, go? No, she stayed outside she stayed, uh, yeah. getting photographs and signing. There was oh, a, one little kid was saying, no, get it on your T-shirt or get it on, on a picture of Ellen. No, she had to have it on her, was it on, lily down on the her, road, on her yeah. arm, was it? Yeah. Yeah, and of course it <laughs> faded and her time saying, was she, was she bitterly disappointed? No, I had to keep redoing it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's such a phenomenal story and I, you know, think she is a really, really amazing woman. What What's kind of next for her? What's she going to well, be Well, we, we thought after, before COVID hit that she probably would retire after Tokyo, no matter what happened. But uh, no, she's gone on to, to Paris. She's been very busy now since she came home oh, doing yeah. different things. Different interview things. Everybody wants a like bit that. of her. Everyone wants a bit of her. Yeah. yeah. Like um, tomorrow morning's Saturday. 
Dunskull. Oh, Scully Connell, yeah. yeah. Because she played there, so she's going down there with her yeah. medal. Brilliant. Um, and they were, they've, they've always been very supportive of it. And, like and she Bell, did Bell the, you know, the whole community in Clontarf, the Holy Faith, er, everybody has been fantastic. Yeah, Neighbors. a few weeks ago I had to ask her, will you give me two hours of your time yeah. one day <laughs> for what she says? So I said, because we have to go to the Pebble Beach, the Sheds, yeah. Nolan Supermarket and Harry Bourne's <laughs> with the medal, just get pictures taken because they they did great things on their Facebook pages and everything That's for you. That's lovely, Eddie, and though, that you're did. giving that back. Do yeah, you know? well, no, it's I think very it's important. important. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they they supported her. Yeah. So, and like years ago, know. when Ellen was doing these trips away, especially to South Africa and America and stuff like that, like we didn't have money. Mm. Um, we used to do bagpacking once a year down Nolan Supermarket, the and we might get two thousand euros. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and that would pay my even part of the fare. When she was in the the year that she went to South Africa, when she was in Belgrave, and I, I think I think it was sixth class that she was in. They they did um, a readathon read fundraiser to help her to go all all the yeah. kids, parents, everything, teachers. They're just yeah. unbelievable. Like she was on Proud the of all she of was them. on the television there a couple of weeks ago, last week or on the one show, the BBC yeah. One show, and I was sitting there watching the BBC One show, and next of all, Ellen Keane comes up on the screen. And I had been talking to her that day. She didn't tell us. She didn't tell us. <laughs> she doesn't tell you. And I texted her and I said, that was very nice what you did for Oshin on the one show. She was speaking mm. to this girl, 16-year-old, who had a stroke. And she says, oh, yeah, that happened uh, this morning at the last minute. I said, but you were talking to me after that. You didn't send. <laughs> she said, but you know the way it is. You know, I can't tell you everything. Yeah. So that's people have said is. to me, it's that's, because that's the way, the way you reared is. her to be independent. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't think big of these things that she's doing. So, yeah. You know? Like when when she when she was in Kelly for the second year, uh, a neighbour said to me, "You know, she's not going to settle when she comes back." And I said, "She's only sixteen. She came back and then, and she wanted to move out." And I said, "She can't move out. You we owe me two have. years already. Yeah. You know, I said, yeah. she can't move out." But obviously, we agreed. So we had to have a word with uh, the psychologist who was involved in Paralympics sport, and we had a meeting with him. And he explained to us, he says, the more that girl does for herself, the better she is. Better know, athlete she's going to yeah. become yeah. and a person so she's going to become. that's how we agreed to yeah. let her move out. And she went looking for an apartment. and So she's out since she's, she's just out, turned 18. She's achieving yeah. mighty yeah. things yeah. and giving back as much as yeah. she can. The world's her oyster. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for coming sure. in. Nice and uh, Thanks, thanks for having us there. Really Susan. appreciate it. That's great. Yeah, you're very Thank welcome. You. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs>